From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Poke my belly. I'm the Billsbury <laughs> Doughboy. I'm Bill Curtis. And here is your host, a man literally phoning it in, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. And thanks to our fake audience, which this week is the official Steve Kornacki fan club as he made it to a record 29 hours without an intake of breath. Later on, we're going to be talking to comedian and actor Chelsea Peretti. She's got a new film called Friendsgiving. It's a science fiction movie about a large group of people gathered in the same room. <laughs> but first, it's your turn to join our gathering. Give us a call. The number is one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Now let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on. Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Hi, this is Ellen from Waterbury, Vermont. Oh, I love Vermont. What do you do there? I am a wedding photographer, and I also just started a composting business. A composting business. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry, I have to do this. So I, I, I hope business is rotten. It is. It's very <laughs> rotten. <laughs> yeah, there are some things you're just legally obligated to do, I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Ellen. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, it's a comedian and writer whose comedy horror movie Extraordinary is streaming now. It's Maeve Higgins. Hi, Ellen. Hi. Hi there. Next, it's a comedian you can see at the Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia, December 10th to 12th. It's Alonzo Bowden. Hello, Ellen. Hello. And making her debut on our panel, it's a comedian, actor, and TV writer who you might have seen in her viral videos or on Netflix. It's Joanna Hausman. It's so nice to meet you, Ellen. You too. Ellen, welcome to the show. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis, of course, is going to read you three quotations from the week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain just two of them, you'll win our prize. Any voice from our show that you might choose on your voicemail. Ready to play? I am. All right. Your first quote is a tweet. This is good news. It means I won. That was somebody <laughs> who didn't win. Who is it? I am going to have to go with Donald Trump. Yes, indeed. It's Donald Trump. It's been a week since the race was called for Joe Biden, and while the president-elect is trying to move ahead with the transition, there's one little problem. President Trump won't concede. He keeps ranting about imaginary voting fraud, but as a senior administration official told the Washington Post, quote, what's the downside for humoring him, unquote? <laughs> yeah, what's the downside? That, that's what they used to say about Idi Amin. He's not a tyrant. He's just hangry. Find him some food. He'll calm down. <laughs> I remember the other day, I was uh, just outside of Philadelphia leaving a porn store and wondering why <laughs> this field was crowded with people who had no idea what was going on in reality. And and I took it upon myself as a great American to tell them that... Uh, Call your boss on the golf course. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw you, Alonso. I was coming out with a new pair of hedge clippers, and I thought I saw you through the crowd. <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, it it's not Trump's fault he was born in this country. You know, I, I grew mm -hmm. up in Venezuela, and if he was Venezuelan, mm -hmm. you know, he would have been decided the president before the election. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's sort of, he was just born in the wrong place. Uh, now, president-elect Biden's strategy, and I think there's wisdom here, is to just ignore Trump and just proceed as if everything is normal. Just don't give him the time of day. So one scenario is Biden continues to ignore Trump and Trump continues to ignore Biden and they end up living in the White House together. 
like that classic sitcom, <laughs> The Old Couple. <laughs> like, episode one, two warring presidents decide to divide the Oval Office in two with masking tape, then argue over which one gets the side with the door. <laughs> I don't know. I think Biden is just taking the strategy of when you see a screaming baby throwing a tantrum, you walk by and act like it's not happening. I think that is the best way you treat a screaming baby. Just he'll he'll tire himself out <laughs> now, quickly. Now, a lot of people speculate that Trump has some sort of master plan, like he's going to be doing, he's going to have lawsuits here and he's going to jiggle some things there and it's like, like some mm-hmm. sort of weird five-dimensional chess. But let's face it, he can barely play checkers. No, no, Mr. President, that's not candy. It's, it's a piece from the game. <laughs> <laughs> They're always talking about him having a master plan. We've yet to see even a minor plan, let, mm-hmm. let alone a master plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about just a minor plan and we work our way up? <laughs> All right. Your next quote is from an excited immunologist at the University of Colorado. Once we know it works, we'll take some time to go find out why. We're all excited about something that was announced this week, and we don't care about how it works, just that it does seem to work. What is it? Uh, the COVID vaccine. The COVID vaccine, yes. <laughs> just a few days after the election, Pfizer announced a successful trial of their COVID vaccine. They declared it a success when after giving the vaccine or a placebo to all these volunteers, 90% of the people who came down with COVID had been given the placebo. So thanks for the help and hope you enjoyed the sugar water, suckers. <laughs> I was trying to explain this to my mom and I was like, I obviously don't understand it myself, but I was taking a high handed approach. And I said to her, see, what happens is some of them get the vaccine and the others, they just get injected with air. And she was like, I don't think <laughs> she was like, I think that might be quite dangerous, love. I said, no, mommy, this is how it works. There's nothing in it. It's just a big air bubble that shoots into their bloodstream and nothing happens to them. But apparently that actually isn't it. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce President Trump's new medical advisor. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Maeve, you qualify. Now, everybody's very excited because if we things have been so awful and, and the, the COVID is spiking and it's, it's just it's out of control. And maybe if we get this vaccine, it can finally be over. But you're not thinking without the pandemic, what are you going to blame when you don't want to go out to a mm. social engagement? Right. Mm. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't make the baby shower on Saturday. I think I got a placebo. Well, yeah. I mean, there's going to be wait for the vaccine. So yes. you just didn't get yeah. your vaccine yet. I don't care if it's seven years from now. It'll still be, you know, I would have been there. I'm still waiting for my vaccine. Oh, I yeah, don't want to put you at risk. So, yeah, and you can, we can ride this heroic. one for, we can ride this one for years. But you know what I'm going to do? You know what is a really good way of guaranteeing your social life will drop off is switch to being an anti-vaxxer. So <gasps> people will invite you to things and you'll say, absolutely, just so you know, my philosophy is disease is good. So I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there and I'll be coughing. See you at six. And that, that, that's yes, that's effective. <laughs> All right. Very good. Here is your last quote. My neighbor is blowing theirs. I better blow mine. That was someone quoted in the Wall Street Journal talking about a very loud activity that has been interrupting a lot of people during their Zoom meetings. What is it? Oh, my goodness. I actually don't know. 
Well, I'll give you a hint. This is something that's heard all over the suburbs almost every day, especially in the fall, but most people aren't home to hear it. I'm going to guess leaf blowers. Leaf yeah. blowers. That's right, Ellen. Yes, there have been a huge increase in people complaining about the noise of leaf blowers during the pandemic. That's according to the journal, right? Because people are at home and the leaf blowers are going up and down the streets while they're having meetings. Now, you have to look at both sides, though. The people trying to have meetings say it's hurting their productivity. The leaf blowers, though, say... <laughs> I was sure it was like, because now women are understanding what it's like to fully live with men. And men with colds are so loud. They're like those stags in the forest when they're mating. They just blow their noses at an incredibly high volume. It's very upsetting. Give me a leaf blower any day. Maeve, how quiet are your neighbors that a man sneezing (laughs) sets you off? You must have just the nicest people that a, a man. Oh, there he is again with the sneeze. I'm trying to work here. The very least is you can have the guy sneeze in the direction of the leaves on the lawn and maybe like do two things at once, you know? Perfect. Sir, uh, please leave. Now, you might think this is an autumn only phenomenon, but yard maintenance happens year round. It, it, it's a complete need. That's why you need someone who can deliver four seasons of total landscaping. <laughs> Bill, how did Ellen do in our quiz? Can't do any better if she gets them all right. Congratulations, Ellen. Thank you so much for playing, and good luck with the composting business. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Take care. Right now, panel, it is your turn to answer some questions about this week's news. Joanna, airlines are still suffering because of the pandemic. People just aren't going anywhere. But they have been increasing sales to what group of passengers? Uh, oh, my God. What group of passengers are traveling right now? Um, oh, my God, I'm Sp- blinking. I'm panicking. People? I'm also panicking because I'm imagining getting on a plane. Yeah, um, it's a little scary, isn't it? I'll give you a hint. They're going to get a lot of sty miles for flying so much. Sty miles? Yes. Farmers. No, not the farmer. <laughs> the animal. The animals, yes. Oh, my the God. Pigs. Well, humans are flying less. Pigs are flying more, which is something we thought would only happen when hell freezes over. <laughs> Breeders are using 747s to transport animals instead of driving them. Why not? They've got the capacity. It's a great solution for livestock and absolutely humiliating for the chickens watching helplessly from the ground. <laughs> oh, do I feel sorry for the aircraft cleaners after a good, a good pig flight. Yeah, you got to clean out the bottom of that thing. So wait, they're flying. Like, what did they used to do before? They would just go, they would just drive? Yeah, they would load them into trucks and drive them. But now there are planes that aren't being used for anything else and airlines that need to make a living. So yeah, we'll take your pigs. It's so, it, it makes sense to me now. You know, I live here in New York and all over there's, there's signs painted everywhere. Pigs out. And uh, now I understand what it is. That must be what, what it, it is. They want to fly the pigs to more congenial locations for the pigs. That's yeah. what the signs mean. Well, the problem's going to be getting the pigs back into the trucks once this is over. I mean, once you've flown mm. in a 747, you're not riding in a truck mm-hmm. like those ordinary pigs. Oh, no. Alonzo, I don't think they're going to survive. Yeah. <laughs> to I see. Think, yeah, I think every pig gets a one-way ticket, I'm afraid. Flying in the sky. Coming up, our panelist's dream job is lying to you in our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. 
from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the American Jewish World Service, working together for more than 30 years to build a more just and equitable world. Learn more at AJWS.org. On the next episode of Louder Than a Riot. We dig into the crimes of GS9 and look at how they affected one family in particular. He's making other people think that you can kill someone, then turn around, put it in the song, and blow up off of that. Listen now to Louder Than a Riot from NPR Music. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Alonzo Bowden, Joanna Hausman, and Maeve Higgins. And here again is your host, wearing his business pajamas, Peter Sagal. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Right now it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener Game. Call one wait wait to play our game on the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Ben from Richmond. Hey, Ben from hey, Richmond. Ben. You know, we were just in Richmond. I was in Richmond for the very first time just about a year ago when we were allowed to go places. And it's a remarkably beautiful city. Yeah, it's a lot of history, a lot of fun, um, yeah. a lot of bars. Ha- have they taken down the monuments yet? They have all the, that big row of Confederate monuments that they were going to take down. Have they done that yet? Um, they've taken down a bunch of them. They, the big one, the big Lee statue is still up. Right. Have they decided what, what they're going to put up on those enormous pedestals instead? I have no idea. I think it's going to be Beyonce and Rihanna, sure, and (laughs) Dolly Parton. Well, I was also going to say, Benjamin, if you do really well on this game, could be you. Ooh. You know? That's the prize. All right. So you're going to play, of course, the Bluff the Listener game. You're going to have to tell what's truth and what's fiction. Bill, what is his topic? Topic is, you were made for this. There are lots of doctors, lots of lawyers. Right now, we may even have more than one president. But this week, though, we heard about a job that, as far as we know, only one person in the entire world has. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth, and you'll win the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right. First, let's hear from Maeve Higgins. Mary Oliver asked what it is we want to do with our one wild and precious life. I've never been sure how to fill those long hours between coffee and alcohol, but I manage nicely by lying on my bed, reading books and humming tunelessly, stopping only to eat white butter toast every now and again. That's how I knew a real one. Kaori Kajita is the director of the Japan Toast Association. The stated goal is... By deepening our knowledge about toast and spreading the appeal of toast more widely, we aim to increase the value of toast, bringing about a rich diet. Miss Kajita is the world's only known buttered toast critic, a.k.a. the crisp carb queen, a.k.a. my hero. Something magical happens when butter meets toast, but not all butter toast is created equal. Miss Kajita presides over Butter Toast Nights, contests where other members of the Japan Toast Association gather and compare various toasted breads and butters. In America, we have roast battles where different roast meats cut each other down with terrible insults. A lamb shoulder might scream at a pork butt, your mama's so fat she goes in the oven and comes out just crackling. But things are more genteel in Japan. And I, for one, will raise a glass of toast to that. The world's only buttered toast critic working and advocating for buttered toast in Japan. Your next story of a job somebody was born to do 
comes from Alonzo Bowden. One night last year on the Greek island of Corfu, every resident of the small town was awakened by a terrible screaming. Was somebody being murdered? Were they being murdered while murdering someone else? No. The horrible sound was just an American tourist named Stacy Chandler. Stacy told the police who arrived at her hotel room door that it was nothing. She just always had a loud scream. Her friends back in Duluth call her Screaming Stacy, and they said <laughs> she could wake the dead. Seems her friends were psychic, because the next day Stacy was contacted by a medium named Natara, who offered her a deal. Stacy would go to cemeteries on the island and scream until certain spirits returned to the underworld. For that, she'd get half the fee from the ghost's living relative. With each ear-piecing scream, more clients demanded her services on Corfu than all over Southern Europe, paying premium fees plus first-class travel and hotel. Tested by audiologists, her scream reaches 120 decibels, which is literally louder than a chainsaw. The only mystery is, what exactly happened that night in Corfu to inspire that first blood-curdling scream? She won't say, and when her ex-boyfriend with whom she was traveling was asked, he said, huh? Sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> Stacy Chandler, who literally screams to wake the dead, your last story of a one-of-a-kind occupation comes from Joanna Hausman. What is something most countries in the world use that the United States refuses to? No, I'm not talking about the metric system or a reasonable drinking age. I'm talking <laughs> about bidets. While America keeps trying to convince us on dry paper, in countries like Italy, a bidet is required by law to be in every bathroom containing a toilet. Which is where 57-year-old Cosimo Pisolante has forged his prolific career as a sanitary beautification specialist, or as his Instagram calls it, a bidet bedazzler. After seeing so many boring bidets all over his country, this former art restorer quit his job repairing frescoes and chapels to paint boring old booty baths, transforming them into works of fart art. <laughs> One of his finest examples is a working scale model of the fountains at the Bellagio Casino in Las Vegas. Another is filled with actual live goldfish who do their best to never ever look up while you're using it. Cosimo Pisolante doesn't just paint still lives of peaches on porcelain. He's made your duty his duty. <laughs> All right. One of these is a real job. Is it from Maeve Higgins, a critic of buttered toast living and working in Japan? From Alonzo, Stacy Chandler, a professional screamer who can wake the dead? Or from Joanna, a bidet bedazzler working in Italy? Which of these is a real person pursuing a real profession um as much as i want it to be the bidet i think it's the toast society the japanese uh, toast critic is your choice yes all right that's Maeve's story of course well to find out the correct answer we spoke to a reporter familiar with the real story do we actually need a toast critic no but is it good to have one absolutely that was kevin pang from america's test kitchen he's a former food critic at the chicago tribune Talking about the Japanese buttered toast critic. Congratulations, you got it right. You're in a point for Maeve, and you've won our prize, the voice of your choice in your voicemail. And as far as I'm concerned, you deserve to be on that plinth in Memorial Avenue. <laughs> Why, thank you. You're very, very welcome. Thanks so much for playing. Thank you. And now the game where we invite people we like on and make them play a game we hope they love. It's called Not My Job. 
Chelsea Peretti is a comic writer and actor who you probably know best from her six-year run on Brooklyn Nine-Nine as the self-involved administrator Gina Linetti. She's got a new film out called Friendsgiving, and she joins us now. Chelsea Peretti, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You know, I found out something uh, that I didn't know about you, which is uh, in the Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a show you were on for many years and have left, your character had grown up with Andy Samberg's character. Yes. And it turns out that you actually grew up with Andy Samberg. I myself did, yes. We went to elementary school together. Right. And I'm assuming of the two of you, you were the funny one. Hmm. You know, I feel like I was unfairly typed as weird. And Define weird. I Well, listen, you asked those freaking children to define weird you know (laughs) i i myself that's not how i self-identified you know i just shared my thoughts as they came to me but uh yeah was there a moment uh, for example i know alonzo was when he was working in as an airplane mechanic he was like making his colleagues laugh and he decided maybe he should go try it for a living was there a moment when you decided that you were going to be a comic i would love to hear the like inside baseball of airplane mechanics like i want to hear what those jokes were chelsea you would not fly again if you knew <laughs> oh my god that's so <laughs> terrifying our, our number one our number one saying we're like how did it come out you're like well we're not making watches so it'll fly oh my god that is terrifying <laughs> This is exactly what I wanted, though. Yeah. Um, I forget what the question was. I was so titillated by airplane mechanic humor. Well, the question was, if, was there a moment when you were like, oh, I could do this for a living, or, or at least I want to try doing this for a living? Well, you know, I sold my first joke, and it was like a deal with the devil because it was a joke about my mom. And I don't know if you remember, there was this Comedy Central show called Shorties Watching Shorties. And they animated jokes, and they the one joke they wanted was a joke about my mom and... So it was like, do I sell out my mom for my first check? Oh, no. The answer was yes. <laughs> what was the joke? I, you know, I think it was about like how when we used to watch movies together, my mom would be watching me the whole time. My mom would be watching me watch the movie and, um, you know, something about how it felt like a date. Uh, anyway, but I, <laughs> I now now as a mom, I get it. You watch your kid experience things because you're like, oh, look, you're experiencing this and you're watching them. To, it's like you get so much pleasure from seeing your kid enjoy something. So maybe it wasn't as creepy as it felt <laughs> or maybe it is. I, uh, I watched your Netflix special the other night, one of the greats, and it was hilariously funny. But it also, in addition to having a lot of great jokes, it had a lot of jokes about one hour comedy specials. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and I actually started to wonder, do you like one hour comedy specials on, you know, streamable TV? It's a great question. Not really. <laughs> a lot of them, I don't. I mean, I'd always, almost always rather watch a great comedy movie than an hour of stand-up. One of the things that you do was you play around with audience shots. Sometimes yeah. the audience seems to be your actual audience enjoying your comedy. And sometimes it's not, or at least it's unexpected. For example, there was one shot to what looked like an elderly Italian man eating a hard-boiled egg. Yeah. <laughs> And the funny thing is, well, you know, I, I, yes, as a comedian, I've always hated a lot of aspects of stand-up specials. They don't always really capture the experience of what an amazing night in stand-up is. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of them, the production is trash. There's a few producers who make stand-up specials and they have cornered the market. They make like, they churn them out. They produce them all exactly the same. They always have reaction shots that 
like people look confused or disappointed when someone's told a joke. You're like, why would you include that? <laughs> and, you know, just strange people. And so I just wanted to accentuate that and, you know, including there's a clown version of myself in the audience and, yes. <laughs> and side stage. You were, on, you were on an extremely successful and great TV show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, for six seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, and you left the show, which is not something that people usually do, but you did. And, and can I ask, what did you leave it to go do? Um, I left it. Well, I guess what I have done since the show is I wrote a movie um, and I made, an, <laughs> I made an album about coffee. I made a concept <laughs> album all about coffee. Chelsea, every time I have coffee, I think about this song from your podcast from years ago about coffee, crank it through my sleeves. Yeah. And I'm embarrassed to be like talking about it to you right now, but it is so funny and brilliant. And yeah, I want uh, multiple albums. I could absolutely bury you in more coffee songs. <laughs> so wait, if I understand this correctly, and this is all new to me, and I apologize. So you, you had a podcast, which I did know about. And yes. on the podcast, you performed a song about coffee. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my the producer that worked with me, Cool Kojak is his name. He, um, I used to send him audio when I was on the road doing stand-up. I would drink coffee anywhere, any city I went to. I would get my coffee. Then I'd get really hyper, and I'd, I'd like freestyle sing like acapella into my phone and send him music, and he would turn it into songs that sounded actually pretty polished because he's a real music producer. And we would put him on the podcast. And somehow we were like, we should make an entire album. We are like, we'll just slap it together in like two weeks and we'll submit it for a Grammy because it'll be funny. And then you cut to eight months later, I'm like pacing back and forth and we've got like music lyrics all over his entire studio. And like, you know, it just turned into this crazy rabbit hole and it was so creatively fulfilling. I, I, I wouldn't take it back for the world, but it is a, a very bizarre way to have spent the year leading into a pandemic yes. lockdown because you know, I'm like, hmm, I could have seen a couple more friends. I could have, I don't know. Can you give me like a lyric? There's a song about oat milk and it's like, do you have, do you have, do you have, do you have oat milk? And it's basically just like when you're like waiting in line to get coffee and you want oat milk. What is your favorite coffee drink? Well, I feel like the easiest way to answer you is to show you my yellow teeth. Wow. <laughs> Chelsea Peretti, it is a delight to talk to you. We have invited you here to play a game that this time we're calling Chelsea Peretti Meet Chelsea Football Club. You're Chelsea Peretti, and we wondered, what do you know about the Chelsea Football Club of the United Kingdom? We're going to ask you three questions about that team that was named oh, after man. you in 1905. Luckily, their fans are not rabid at all. <laughs> Answer two out of three questions correctly, you will win our prize for one of our listeners. Bill, who is Chelsea Peretti playing for? Robert Ward of South Bend, Indiana. All right. First question. The Chelsea Football Club has a rich history, during most of which it was a perennial loser, sort of like the Chicago Cubs. Back in the 1930s, the team tried something a little unusual to improve the team's performance. What was it? Was it A, they drafted Maurice, the famous Irish kicking mule, to be their midfielder. B, they tried injecting the players with a serum made from ground-up monkey testicles. Or C, telling their players to just pick up the ball and run for it. I'm going to say A. You're going to say A, they drafted Maurice, the famous Irish kicking mule to play on their team. 
that just sounds like something that would happen in old-timey days. Mm. It does. It does. Sadly, though, it was B. It was the uh, monkey testicle. <laughs> that was that was going to be my other one. You still have two more chances here, Chelsea. There's nothing to worry about. Okay. The owner of the Chelsea FC is a Russian oligarch named Roman Abramovich. Now, the billionaire okay. got his start in business by doing what just as the Soviet Union was collapsing? A, he did live theater versions of episodes of the American primetime soap opera Dynasty. B, he sold imported rubber ducks out of his Moscow apartment. Or C, he sold fake Gorbachev birthmark tattoos to bald men. Mm. You know, I'm going to go ducks for no good reason. And for no good reason, you're right. That's what he did. It's unclear how he became a billionaire by selling rubber ducks, but presumably he had a gift. What can I tell you? All right. Listen, people are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You have one more chance here, Chelsea. Like many legacy sports teams, Chelsea's fans have their traditions. Like which of these? A, hurling celery onto the field, often directly at opposing players. B, yelling forsooth, it cannot be, whenever the other team scores. Or C, simply staring in silent disapproval when one of their players does poorly. Celery. You're right, Chelsea. That's exactly right. Well, well. Now, I should say, in case any Chelsea fans are listening, that they're not allowed to throw celery onto the field anymore. However, it is well known that when Chelsea travels, they sometimes follow along and throw celery. Nobody knows why they do this. They just do it. Bill, how did Chelsea Peretti do in our quiz? Chelsea got two out of three right. That makes her a winner. Congratulations, Chelsea. Thank you. There you go. Chelsea Peretti is a comedian and actress. You can currently see her in Friendsgiving, and her new album, Foam and Flotsam, is out now. Chelsea Peretti, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you guys so much. That was fun. Thanks, Chelsea. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Chelsea. Stay Bye, Chelsea. safe. Bye. In just a minute, Bill says, holy jalapeno. It's a spicy limerick listener challenge. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp, the online counseling service dedicated to connecting you with a licensed counselor to help you overcome whatever stands in the way of your happiness. Fill out a questionnaire and get matched with a professional tailored to your needs. And if you aren't satisfied with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time, free of charge. Visit betterhelp.com wait to get 10% off your first month. Get the help you deserve with BetterHelp. Support for NPR comes from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. The election is over, but with Republicans questioning the results and control of the Senate still up in the air, so much of the political world is yet to be settled. Keep up with the latest every day on the NPR Politics Podcast. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Joanna Hausman, Maeve Higgins, and Alonzo Bowden. And here again is your host, experiencing human contact for the first time this week, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill stars opposite Chelsea Peretti 
in Brooklyn rhyme rhyme. It's our listener limerick <laughs> challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Right now, panel, it is time to answer some questions about this week's news. Alonzo, as the lockdown enters year forty six, I think I don't know. <laughs> It's been so long. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that many people have begun doing what? Um, Can you give me a hint? Because there's so many answers to that. People are like, I I thought this Zoom meeting was black tie optional. Uh, People are dressing up for Zoom. People are dressing up again. That is what the Wall Street Journal says anyway. According to them, people are just tired after so many months of wearing pajamas and sweatpants all day. And and they want to go back to the way things used to be, you know, haphazardly throwing on a button-up chinos and running out the door only to discover a massive sriracha stain in your collar seconds before walking into the office. <laughs> people miss that. <laughs> the CEO of Bloomingdale says people are buying more designer shoes and handbags right now than this time they were last year, which is weird because no one's going anywhere. Even if, So I guess they just want to impress their Keurig machines and their confused pets. <laughs> oh, I think, I, what did you say, shoes and handbags? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. You know why? Because why? those are the only things that still fit after sitting around <laughs> for seven oh months God. of binge eating. You're like, okay, I'm going to get a really nice bag and some <laughs> shoes wouldn't, wouldn't and we'll be... not talk about anything else. Wouldn't it be awful, Alonzo, if you had to go buy a new handbag because your hand had become too fat to fit through the straps? Exactly. <laughs> you may have citizens of Ireland, you may have heard of it, uh-huh. have become enraged over something to the point that the... Irish Embassy in the U.S. has even registered a complaint. They're all upset about what? Oh, Fungi the dolphin has gone missing. No, that's not it. But what? <laughs> what? The dolphin, Fungi, who's like Ireland's most famous dolphin, has sadly gone missing and is presumed dead. And everyone is so upset about it. Ireland has a famous dolphin called Fungi? Yeah, Fungi is like probably the biggest celebrity in the country, or at least in the water around the country. And Where does he normally live, this dolphin? Uh, in a place called Dingle. And Fungi he's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. Fungi the Dingle dolphin has gone missing? <laughs> Maeve, are you making this up? <laughs> no, I definitely realize that it sounds like I'm being, you know, that I'm from the Shire or something. But <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing story. And had we known about it, we probably would have asked somebody about it. But we didn't. Instead, we're asking you about something else, another oh. sort of scandal or cause for complaint. Oh. We have a hint for you. The, the, remember, okay. uh, just to set it up. So everybody in Ireland, newspaper columnists and, and the Irish embassy in the U.S. Uh-huh. have gotten very upset about something. Okay. And Bill is going to give you a sort of audio hint. Top of the morning to you. Oh, Bill. It's the movie with the... It's the movie with the bad Irish accent. Yes, the movie with the bad Irish accent. Yes. People in Ireland are very upset about the terrible fake Irish accents yeah. that are apparently in the new movie, Wild Mountain Time, at least judging from its trailer. I will quote the Irish Times film critic Donald Clark. What in the name of holy bejesus and all the suffering saints is this benighted cowpat? Unquote. Even the even the leprechaun. You were in the movie. I was in the movie. Apparently, Uh, even and even there's a leprechaun museum in Ireland. I did not know that. Even they were upset. They said, even we think this is a bit much. (laughs) So the trailer's online. You can see it. The film stars Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan doing accents so bad they go back in time and give Dick Van Dyke the Oscar for his work in Mary Poppins. <laughs> and, and Which is weird, because Jamie Dornan is Irish. But still, the, the best part, though, is Christopher Walken, not Irish, 
pretending to be Irish. Imagine Christopher Walken sounding like Christopher Walken trying to sell you Lucky Charms. Um, <laughs> well, actually, you don't have to imagine it. Here is that famous hoary old Irishman, Christopher Walken. Welcome to Ireland. Once upon a time, there were two farms. The Maldoon farm where Rosemary lived. <laughs> And right down the road was my farm. Granddad? Is that <laughs> Did it bring you back home, Maeve? Did it? I just want to say there's there's not sheep in the background of every we have cities, we have electricity. It's really not how it how they make it seem. Really? So it's not it's yeah. not that bucolic uh, pastoral paradise that I mean it is, but <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fell in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight. Wait, wait, that's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four, or click the contact us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. And if you want more wait wait in your week, follow us on Instagram at waitwaitnpr and on Twitter at waitwait. And check out our new weekly bonus podcast, Letter from the Editors, where we bring you all the jokes we couldn't fit onto the radio show. Find it every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Dan in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Hey, Dan, how are things in Cedar Rapids? I love that place. Well, it's a great city. Uh, we've got a pandemic, a derecho, and all sorts of fun happening here. <laughs> what do you do there? I am a Japanese teacher in a high school here in Cedar Rapids. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, very impressed. I was in uh, Japan for the first time last year, and I found out that Japanese is a very hard language for someone who'd never spoken to understand. Well, yeah. I went over to Japan in 1989. I didn't know anything, and uh, over time picked it up and came back here and started teaching it. That's a pretty good gig. Yeah, I enjoy it. Well, welcome to the show, Dan. And Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly on just two of the limericks, you will be a winner. You ready to play? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Here's your first limerick. For its quality, parents will vouch. It is fun for a homebound young grouch. As a sleeper or fort, you can rest or cavort. It's a foldable, moldable... Ouch. Yes, couch. According to BuzzFeed News, the nation's parents are ready to cut you and then climb over your lifeless body to get a nugget couch, the hottest thing in pandemic furniture. Basically, the nugget is half futon, half toy. It's a couch that comes apart into big foam blocks that can be easily built into a fort or a tumbling zone. So when your kids are stuck at home for weeks, you can yell at them. If you don't start jumping on the couch right now, you won't be allowed on it. And... To make things worse for those frustrated moms who want one is the 16,000-member Facebook group Nuggets After Dark, who said a couch made of versatile, differently-shaped foam blocks with easy-to-wash covers? Hmm, sounds useful. (laughs) Freaky grown-ups haven't been this into a thing for kids since spanking. Well, that just got weird now, didn't it? <laughs> that just took a turn away from I, it's not, it's not my I didn't create the Facebook group. That, I'm just saying. Well, you wrote the joke. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here is your next limerick, he said, changing the topic. When our foods are too bland, we are schleppers. Let's get spicy and we'll be high steppers. The foods that we eat should have high Scoville heat. We'll live longer. When we eat more 
I'm going to go with um, peppers. Yes, peppers. Forget about the COVID vaccine. The real medical breakthrough announced this week. Eating chili peppers will help you live longer. The American Heart Association says eating chili peppers consistently lowers your risk of dying by, quote, any cause by 25%. That's right. Any cause. Car crash? Not today. I'm enjoying a jalapeno popper. Murder? Can't kill me. I just had nachos. Uh, chili peppers apparently have antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. They lower the chance of cardiovascular disease and cancer, and they're a fun way to cry at a restaurant. <laughs> so it reduces your risk of death by making you feel like you're dying? Sort of, yes. Or at least making you welcoming death, which helps, I guess. Here is your last limerick. When tourists are gone for a spell, we hermit crabs do rather well. Now I have outgrown my small scavenged home, so please, could you send me a big shell? Shell, yes, very good. Uh, thanks in part to a lack of tourists on the beaches, Thailand's hermit crab population has skyrocketed to the point that they're facing a shell shortage. It might be that these crabs are just too picky. Sorry, I was really looking for a two-bedroom shell. <laughs> now, to solve the problem, Park officials in Thailand are asking the public for shell donations. They're hoping people throughout the world will send conical shells of various sizes to help home displaced crabs, one per shell. Failing that, they're asking for several large pots filled with hot water that many crabs can fit in at once. <laughs> you know who they need? They need that woman. I don't know her name, but you know she sells seashells by the seashore? Yes, finally. Where is she? <laughs> Where is she? She'd make a killing. <laughs> Bill, how did Dan do in our quiz? I wish I could say it in Japanese, Dan, but it would be the same. You're a winner. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Right. Very well done. Thanks so much for playing, Dan, and take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Walton Family Foundation, where opportunity takes root. More information is available at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer is now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Alonzo has three, Joanna has three, and Maeve has five. Oh, my, oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, so Alonzo and Joanna are tied for second. I'm going to arbitrarily pick Alonzo to go first. Here we go, Alonzo. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill in the blank. On Wednesday, the U.S. broke another record for daily reported blank cases. Coronavirus. Right. This week, the CDC released a study showing that blanks help the wearer almost as much as those around them. The mask. Right. This week, a school in France asked parents to stop blanking when they're late for school. Honking. No, they've asked parents to stop throwing their kids over the fence. On Wednesday, New York City announced a pilot program to have emergency workers handle mental health calls without involving blank. The police. Right, best known for his 30-year run on Jeopardy. This game show host passed away at the age of 80 on Sunday. Who is Alex Trebek? Exactly right. After the wedding dress she was sent looked nothing like the one she ordered, a bride-to-be wrote the boutique a scathing email and was told blank... In response. Uh, make it work? No. <laughs> the boutique told her that the dress was fine. She was just wearing it inside out. The woman <laughs> was furious. The dress looked so different. The ruffles were covered up by some sort of liner. The back had an ugly seam running up. it, And worst of all, it was covered in tags that said David's bridal. Turns out she was wearing it inside out. 
Now that the disaster is averted, the bride said she's looking forward to the big day when she can stand at the altar, look her beloved in the eyes, and finally say, do I? (laughs) (laughs) Bill, how did Alonzo do in our quiz? Alonzo had four right for eight more points. He now has 11 and the lead. All right. Well done, Alonzo. Okay, Joanna, you're up next. Fill in the blank. On Wednesday, Democratic challenger Cal Cunningham conceded his Senate race in blank. Um, Michigan? No, North Carolina. This week, Joe Biden named Ron Klain as his new blank. Oh, God. Um, I know this. I know this. Um, friend. I, I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> Chief of staff. On Chief Tuesday, of staff. <laughs> on Tuesday, an internal report from the Vatican found that blank knew about sexual misconduct allegations against a high-ranking cardinal. Uh, oh, the Pope. You know, I'm going to give it to you. It's Pope John Paul II. He's a Pope. This week, a woman in Australia contested a ticket she got for distracted driving, saying police mistook her blank for a cell phone. Um, her car. No, her ice cream sandwich. <laughs> After its release on Thursday, scalpers began selling the new blank video game system for over three times its retail price. Uh, PS5? Yes, PlayStation 5. After constructing a new intersection, government officials at Prince Edward Island in Canada had to release 11 safety videos explaining how to blank. Turn? Yes, how to make a left turn specifically. Mm. Prince Edward Island, which is a way better tourist destination than Prince Andrew Island, was hoping to prevent accidents on their new intersection, which features confusing turns and oddly placed lights. But instead of redesigning it, they produced 11 separate videos to help explain the intersection of drivers. The first five of these videos are pretty good, but it really jumps the median in episode six. <laughs> Bill, how did Joanna do? She had three right for six more points. She now has nine, but Alonzo still has the lead with 11. All righty. So the big question is, how many does Maeve need to win? Three to tie, which means she needs four to win. Let's do it. All yes. Right. On Wednesday, Blank announced a recount by hand of all its presidential votes. Georgia. Yes. In a tweet on Monday, Trump fired Mark Esper, the secretary of blank. Defense. Yes. On Monday, housing and urban development head blank tested positive for coronavirus. Ben Carson. Yes, Ben Carson. The marketing wizards at McDonald's have done it again. They announced their plant-based meat alternative is called blank. Crappy meal. No. (laughs) The plant-based meat alternative is called McPlant. On Tuesday, pop star blank lost her bid to have her father removed from conservatorship over her estate. Oh, my God. Britney Spears. Yes. In an excerpt from his new memoir, Blank revealed that the stress of the presidency had him smoking eight cigarettes a day. (gasps) Michelle Obama's husband. Yes, Barack Obama. This week, a man in the UK went online and tried to order a chicken sandwich with no lettuce, but was disappointed when Uber Eats delivered Blank. Did he get a whole chicken? No, he got a to-go container with just a squirt of ketchup inside. (laughs) According to British papers, the man wanted, quote, a chicken burger, you know, without the salad on top. So he went to the menu that you get for special instructions in your order, and he unchecked lettuce. But then he also accidentally unchecked bun and chicken. So he was delivered a styrofoam (laughs) container with just a splotch of ketchup. (laughs) Bill, did Maeve do well enough to win? She got five right for ten more points. That means she got fifth. And she is this week's champion. I'm so happy. Congratulations, man. Is this the first time you've ever won? 
Yes, this is the first time I've ever won this show by a long shot. And just... I, I am so sorry. I don't concede. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists to predict once it becomes available. What will the model and actors be doing in the TV commercials for the new COVID vaccine? Wait, wait, don't tell me. It's a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Gianna Capadona. Our intern is Darius Cook. Our web guru is Beth Novi. BJ Liederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dernboss, and Lillian King. Peter Gwynn will never concede. <laughs> Special thanks this week to Ismael Lutfi. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Her business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. And the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, when they start putting on the commercials for the COVID vaccine, what will the people in the commercials be doing? <laughs> Joanna Hausman. It'll feature people licking every surface they come into contact with because thankfully now they aren't horrible people. They are just weird. Alonzo Bowden. <laughs> They'll show a couple going on a very expensive date, and she will say, he's run out of excuses. <laughs> and Maeve Higgins. They'll be punching big, strong triplets by the name of mumps, measles, and rubella. <laughs> well, if we see any of that, we're going to ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Maeve Higgins, Alonzo Bowden, and Joanna Hausman. Welcome to our show. You were great. Thanks to all of you for listening. We can see it from here, right, guys? Just a few more weeks, we will get there. I'm Peter Sagal. We will see you next week. This is NPR.